Smartcast. You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Today's primer is written by Jagdish Shetigar and Pooja Mishra, who are faculty at BIMTech. The Indian government is proposing to make changes to India's six-year-old Insolvency and Bankruptcy Code, or the IBC. In this episode, we examine the relevances of the game-changing reform to the economy and why these changes are necessary now. The internet gave us short attention spans. We preferred to like and share content instead of reading and sometimes even watching it. At Mint, we decided to come up with the Mint Primer, which breaks down the big news of today into short, quick, consumable questions and answers. On this podcast, you will find information about everything from cybercrime to RBI's new repo rates. I'm Prasad Banerjee, and this is what happened today. First, what was the intent behind framing the IBC? The IBC, which was enacted in 2016, came at a time of mounting debt defaults. The intent was to overhaul the corporate distress resolution regime in the country. It focuses on resolving the insolvency of corporations, individuals and partnerships in a timely manner. It was introduced with the objective of simplifying insolvency and bankruptcy proceedings, protecting the interests of all stakeholders, which includes the company, employees, debtors, and especially the creditors, and for timely revival of the company. The Insolvency and Bankruptcy Board of India is the regulatory body that implements the code. And what are the changes being proposed to this code? Average days taken to resolve a case has risen to 679 days in the first half of FI23, from 230 days in FI18. The changes presently under consideration seek to address inter-creditor disputes which have been identified as leading causes of delay. The process is being proposed to be divided into two phases. Phase 1 will focus on finding potential buyers and handing over the management to the acquirer. Phase 2, on the other hand, would address distribution of proceeds among creditors and settle inter-creditor disputes. The proposed steps would make an effort to revive the units with better management wherever possible. So have there been progress in its objectives? As of September, cases admitted under the Corporate Insolvency Resolution Process or the CIRP were 5,893. Of this, 3,946 were closed. 553 had resolution plans and 1947 are still ongoing. 2,531 were started by financial creditors, 3,008 by operational creditors and 350 by corporate debtors. 64% of the cases were over 270 days old, while only 25% of the cases were resolved in 180 days. But why do cases get delayed? What are the roadblocks? Well, most cases overshot the time frame as many affected promoters or corporations went to court and held up cases. Pending cases, such as JPs, are held up between the NCLT, NCLAT and the Supreme Court. They have overshot the resolution time frame by miles now. However, efforts have been made to make the IBC more efficient. Home buyers, for instance, can now be considered as financial creditors. The onset of the pandemic did result in the government deferring the provisions of the IBC as well. And lastly, why is the IBC seen as a game-changer in the first place? 
The IBC has proved to be a deterrent for many unscrupulous borrowers and imparted tools to banks to be reasonably confident about recovering non-performing assets. Fear of losing control of the firm nudges debtors to settle their dues. Till September 23, 417 applications for initiation of CIRPs with underlying default amount of 7.31 trillion rupees were resolved before admission. Indirectly, the court provides an exit route by winding up commercially unviable units. And that was a quick glimpse at today's front page. We'll see you again tomorrow. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.